Oh, Joy. I uh, know. I got to. I'm going to. I found some computers that I want to get for us. So I got to go to work myself. Yeah, I know. That's what told me. Yeah. So I'm going to get us some computers. Great. So that's what I'm working on this week. I mean, they're just, they're not, they're not top of the line laptops. Yeah. But they're laptops and we can use them. They don't have to be top of the line as long as they work. Oh, they're they're nice. I mean, they're really nice computers. That's cool. So, but yeah, so you know, it they and they'll have the stuff that we need on them already put on them, like PowerPoint, Windows PowerPoint 2016, um, stuff like that, Word, stuff like that. Okay. Does they have uh, the other Microsoft the later, the older ones? They just move shit around. Uh, okay. I he's just putting on the new one for us. I don't know nothing about that stuff. It's just the updated version of the older ones, that's all. Okay. But um he's putting it on there for us, so we'll have it all. Cool. <laughs> But so that's why I'm going to work this week, guys. Okay. And Scott, you were right. Miss Crazy tried to call me. No, she tried to call me too. Thank you. Yeah. And then and she tried to two or three. Yeah, she's calling from a different number because I have her other number blocked. Yep. So I want to know whose number she's calling me from. I don't know. And she won't leave a message. But uh, Marcel uh, reached out to Jensen, and Jensen said he'd be on the show. Yeah, well, you know, Connie's planning to go there to slam me. Oh, really? Well, she has another thing coming because Dr. Phil won't let that happen. Well, Dr. Phil isn't having her on the show. Yeah. Oh, ain't that a bitch? Yeah. But, yeah. Amazing. So, I mean, she ripped me off for $4,500. Unbelievable. I should have taken her to small claims court. Yep. But she wouldn't have showed it. All I would have is a paper that states it's for 4500 Yes. And I'd wasted all that time on an attorney and everything else. Yep. So. Amazing. Well, Carol, I will talk to you tomorrow. Honey, I really hope you feel better. I hope so, too. I've got... Eight pairs of pants to fix, plus a pair of boots. Oh, honey. 740. I don't I, even know who that is. Oh, that's I'll our client. 
Have a good show, you two. Okay, honey, I hope you feel better. Such a wimp. You don't feel good. What? You don't feel good. Oh, please. Suck it up. Daddy, you whine like a baby when I barely put pressure on your back. Don't Go somewhere, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am surprised he offered to go on the show. Or I thought for sure he wouldn't uh, wouldn't go on the show. Well, so. I'm wondering if he thinks he's going to slam me. Which he probably does. He probably does, but Dr. Phil won't let that happen. Yeah, right now, he will not let that happen because the show is about his stalking and everything else. It's nothing about about us. It's about his stalking and only his stalking and his threatening and his soul and valor, which can be called out on TV. Um, yeah. His impersonating a, a federal agent, which if they're smart to get an officer there and to pick his fucking stupid ass up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they have no choice because he's going to call out Clackamas County for that um, letter that was sent to me about how there was a crime and they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. It seems ridiculous, but you know what? Hopefully, um, because the nutcase Otis told me one of the times that, oh, she called up and said she's taking down everybody. I said, oh, that's good. You told a major production company that has pull everywhere in the United States, okay? You're told the the, the most well-known psychiatrist in the United States that you're going to take down but everybody, including him, uh, that made you feel, that made you look real good. Wait, she told Dr. Phil that? Yeah. What? Yes, I know that, Joe. Well. Yeah, so. He's going to pitch it um, Monday morning. Yes, I have to get my video done by then. Unbelievable. I mean, she actually told Dr. Phil she was taking down everybody, even him. Yeah, well, that's what she says, whether she did it or not. I don't know. You can't believe a word she says that comes out of her damn mouth. Yeah, she is crazy. She is absolutely insane. Yep. And to call and ask how I'm doing? Fuck that count. Sorry, but... I wonder if he got on blog talk tonight. I don't know. 
I mean, I sent I sent over a statement. Yep. And made a formal complaint. Unbelievable, Dave. So. Totally, totally ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. I've been trying to find other songs for uh, other songs for our show. Alright. So I don't know where um, where I can find some more, but I will. Okay, that sounds really good. What happened? No, I said that sounds really good. Yeah, well, snow shower tomorrow, then warming up next week. Man, um, so when is, when is our uh, guest coming on? 8 o'clock. Okay. Nice. You do realize yes. you're going to have to talk to tonight, right? Yes. Okay. Because my wife whipped out on me. Just, just to let you know. If you let me have a word in edgewise. You can have all the words you want. I prefer uh, to let you take it on. Let me uh, get this. Hang on. Um, I'm not fucking... One in life. So she seriously had the girl to ask how I was doing. Was she being facetious or what? Did you, did you get off that, please? Well, I'm just curious what the hell her thoughts are. I don't know. She's just trying to cause trouble, I guess. God, what a fucking fucking Ah, I hate her. Uh, hang on, I gotta find out something. Press. Uh, 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 seeing if he was actually on these. 
sure he is. It'll take him more than one day to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, um, uh, fire victims. Um, hang on, I'm just looking at this video he did. Well, he didn't do it. First at five thirty, a father's call for safety. Make sure kids are protected, and anybody's protected. After his daughter died this in an off-campus apartment fire, one father is looking for landlords to tell tenants whether there are working sprinkler systems. It's a bill that's already gotten Senate approval, but now it looks like it will not. will not be reaching the governor's desk. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight at 530. I'm Mark Zinke. And I'm Denise Vicenzo. Oh. Courtney Zettler joined us live in the mobile newsroom to show us Very where interesting. it stands right now. Courtney? Yeah, definitely news this father does not want to hear. But as you said, this bill was introduced in the Senate. It passed. It's basically sitting in the House. But this legislative session is over. So this dad is going back to square one to make his voice heard. 21-year-old Eva Block was in her last year at Naris College when her life was cut too short. It was this fire in 2012 at her off-campus apartment that took the life of Eva and two others. There wasn't a sprinkler system in the home. You could say one innocent life, that's the key to this whole thing. You might have seen billboards like this one asking if college housing is safe. Eva's father, Jeffrey Block, and the other victim's families are making it their mission to protect others. Block's efforts may have been halted after the bill he helped draw up is sitting in the House of Representatives. It's just awareness, and you're trying to make people aware of what their conditions of what they're moving into so that an accident doesn't happen like it happened to my daughter and the other two children that have died in that fire. A bill was passed by the Connecticut Senate last month requiring landlords to tell tenants that there is a working fire sprinkler system in the home. If there is, there has to be a note of when it was inspected and the latest maintenance information. Since the legislative session is over, it might be back to the drawing board next session. I've got to do what i got to do. Um, this is something that I'm guided to do, I guess to say. And um, I'll keep at it. <laughs> now, a similar bill was passed in New York State last year, so he was hoping Connecticut will follow their lead. Now, I did talk to House Democrats on the phone earlier today, and they think that this bill will likely be reintroduced in February. Well, it needs to be. We're live at the Mobile Newsroom tonight, Courtney Zeller, Channel 3, Eyewitness News. All right. Now, they said in February the bill is supposed to be reintroduced. I'm going to ask him about that. Okay. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You there? I'm here. Okay. All right. So then it was. Uh... So if I mute for a minute, it's because Mike gets home and the dogs will bark. So I'll mute it. That's fine. Uh, 
What? Oh, no, no, I'm just reading some of this stuff. Um, just reading some of the stuff. Well, you want to start the show since he's calling in on 30, less than 30? Yeah. Uh, we'll just yeah, talk we about what we do and, you know, how we reach out and help people. That's fine. Let me uh, get a cup of coffee and I'll be right back, right? Okay, yeah, let people know that, you know, we are, we'd never charge that, you know what I mean? Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, give me one second. What the hell are you doing? Who? What is that? What is what? That. I don't know what you're talking about. It's coming from your end. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cold Case Justice with your host, Carol. Hey, guys. Scott and Jillian. Jillian cannot be with us tonight, but uh, she will be back next week. Tonight, we bring you a very special guest. Um, He runs a website called One Innocent Life. He's been featured on um, various TV and radio stations here in Connecticut. Um, He's got a couple bills in the Senate and the House of Representatives. his name is Jeff Block, and he'll be coming on shortly. Um, what his is, is he, uh, his daughter was killed by fire in a off-campus um, dorm at Marist College. So he'll be talking about his, what he does now 
to um, to basically bring um, fire safety and and um, the safety in general to the forefront. Um, his name is Jeff Block. Um, Carol, what do we got going? Uh, well, uh, as most people do not know, um, you and I and Jill are back in college once again. Yep. It never seems to end, brother, does it? No, it doesn't. It definitely um, doesn't. We're working right now to get our criminal profilers uh, certificates and badges, which we're really excited about. Yep. So we have a lot of that going on. Um, you know, we have been blessed. Um, we are actually been offered an office. Um, so we're extremely excited about that. Just good things are going on for us. Yes, they are. And I'm I'm extremely grateful um, that people are willing to reach out and help us help other people. It shows that the world has so much good in it that sometimes it outweighs the bad. Absolutely. So other than that, um, got some exciting stuff coming up that we can't talk about right now, but we will be yep. able to shortly. That is true. Well, and, uh, you there, Scott? Yeah, I'm there. I'm just looking at something. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's been a long week. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and we do want to give a shout-out to FMAM247, our home radio station. Um, you know, I'm just so honored to be able to be a part of part of them. Absolutely. So I want to. We definitely want to give a shout out to them. Yes, without a doubt. All the other stations that are carrying us right about now. Oh, absolutely. Um, got iHeart Radio. Um, there's so many out there. Yep. So you guys can find us on many, many different AM and FM radio stations. We do showcase different cases that we're working on, um, along with bringing on um, organizations that may not be the biggest organizations out there. Um, They may still be in their infancy age, but they're great organizations, and they're organizations that people have formed due to either losing a loved one or tragic events, or just as we heard with I Have Vanished, just somebody who, you know, just really took an interest in trying to help people out. It's amazing how many good organizations there are out there that may be smaller organizations, but they do just as much work and they have just as much heart and soul. And, you know, we really love showcasing them. Absolutely. I mean, without the smaller uh, organizations, there wouldn't be any bigger ones. They have to start off somewhere. And why not have them start off with us? Well, absolutely. And we know, um, you know, we're, we're, not, we're a not-for-profit organization ourselves. So for us to understand where they come from, I think it's a special part of us. Because we know how much time and effort and 
just everything that goes into this. And, I mean, we're lucky. We have a great team. I mean, we have Jill, who's, bless her heart, is diving headfirst into psychology classes because I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, I tried. It was not my forte. Um, you know, we have so many different elements to this that we all work very well with one another. And for these people, some of these people who are the single crusader out there, and they're doing it not for a recognition or not for money or not for anything more than reaching out to help people, it really makes me take a step back and look at some of our society and say, you know what, there are a lot of good, caring people out there. It's just sometimes it's hard to find them through the weeds and weeds of bad people. Absolutely. Um, I also want to say thank you to Terry Satter. Let us use his song, How Do You Say, How Do I Say Goodbye? It was written about his sister. Um, Awesome, awesome song. I'm hoping to get him on the show here soon. Um, oh, it's a beautiful song. Yes, awesome song. Um, and we're using part of the intro music is uh, a band called Rage of Angels. And uh, it just fit for the beginning. Um, you couldn't get any better than that. Absolutely. I mean, we have so many great people that, you know, have really come and backed us. And... You know, Scott, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when it comes to the forefront of our group, for you guys out there that don't know of our group, um, you know, Scott really is, he's the mastermind behind it, so, so to say. I mean, there is nothing that Scott cannot pull up on a computer. And, you know, he works so many hours in a day just to look up what we need on cases and just to make sure that, you know, everybody is on track and everybody is taken care of. And, you know, it's, Scott, I really do appreciate having you um, as part of my team. I think that without you, this team wouldn't be even half of what it is today. And I know you work tirelessly and effortlessly and, you know, people really need to realize what you put into this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. You know, and it wouldn't be worth it. And I'm not looking out for me. I'm not looking out for for what I do. That's definitely not me. Um, I'm looking out for our team, and I'm looking out for the um, the victim and the victim's family. And that's what it comes down to. You know, change one life at a time. A lot of people don't understand. I mean, there's days. When we talk to, you know, the victim's family, um, you know, two, three times a day, and there's some days they don't really have a lot that is pertaining to the case, but they just need to talk. And, you know, I'm actually really grateful that we get that chance to be able to be there for them. Um, we really become quite connected with the families of our cases. Um, I know that we have a lot of cases on our table right now. And for you guys that don't know, we will not turn down a case. Um, we don't charge a penny. Um, we go to college so we can help, out, help solve cold cases and 
you know, other cases that may not have been solved that aren't cold. Um, you know, we spend our lives literally every waking moment of our lives to help other individuals. And it's not anything more than what we felt it was our calling to do. And I look at it like a blessing. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think Joe looks at it the same way. I look at it the same way. <clears throat> because a lot of these families come to us. Well, we've exhausted all means. What do we do? What do we do? What can we do? Um, so there's a lot that's entailed when you're doing what we do. A lot. Uh, people don't even know. You have to go get case files. If they don't have any, you have to file for Freedom of Information Acts. You have to, you name it, you, you know, you have to, um, uh, they're passed away, so the um, HIPAA laws do not account um, for that. So now you have to make sure that their psychiatrist or their doctor can talk to you or talk to a member of the family. You have to, there's just a whole whole bunch of people just don't know about that go into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I mean, in cases like if the case is like 30 years old and trying to find that police officer or that detective who's retired now, so now you have to call down to Florida or call them over to California, it just takes a lot of time and energy, you know? Oh, it does. I mean, we've had just in this past week with one of the cases, um, and we can't really touch on the case. Like I said, some cases we cannot touch on in the public um, just due to the fact of the sensitivity of the situation. But some cases, I mean, we have, in this one particular case, we had a coroner that had actually moved states on us. Um, at this point, we have to track down coroners. It's a lot of legwork. It's a lot of time on the computer. It's a lot of talking face-to-face -face with people. It's a lot of talking on the phone with people. Um, and, you know, we understand that we ended up wanting to do this. And like I said, we don't look at it like it's a chore. We look at it like we are blessed enough to be able to do this, to be able to help somebody else out. It's not about our lives and us. It's about the victim. It's about the victim's family. It's about giving that closure, and it's about giving that victim the voice. Absolutely. Absolutely, because, you know, and it's going to a support group meetings. It's going to physically go talk to people, um, trying to dig up old case files. I mean... It's a lot, you know, and it all starts with talking to the um, the victim's family. That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. You know. It, and most of the time, uh, most of the time, and Scott, I know you've been really hardcore on this, you know, there'll be times, like, that we have to, if we have a question on a case um, and we don't know the answer, we will turn around and one of us will go into some college courses to learn that answer because we want to make sure 
that no matter what our findings and what we what we put down on paper is 100% fact. I know Scott, you just finished your gun ballistics classes. Yep. Um which we needed to have on one of our cases. And you know, so a lot of people don't understand we're working cases in the day, but there's times we're up to 2, 3, 4 in the morning, um especially with us being back in college right now, you know, that we have to juggle the college the and everybody's like, oh, that sounds like so much. But in reality, it's not for us. It's all for the family. It's all for the victim. Um, we are just the messengers. The way I look at it is we are solely the people that God has blessed to be able to step into this position in order to help them. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, uh, it's just, it's just, um, it's very time consuming. It's very, uh, it's a lot of hours, a lot, a lot of hours, which really isn't a big deal. No. And, 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 and then the fun part of it, Scott, <laughs> is yes, you guys, we do have stalkers. <laughs> so, yes. They keep us entertained, though. In all fairness, the stalkers do kind of keep us entertained. Yeah, that is true. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, you gotta love it. I mean, what are you gonna do? You can't, you can't fix crazy. <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. All you can do is laugh at it. Yeah. But um, you know, I just our team is going so far, and I mean, we have bigger things coming up this year that just is amazing, and. Yep. I'm loving every second of this. It's definitely I good. I just feel it's like definitely. I feel like every day, Scott. More and more, every day we're being blessed more and more. Um, yeah. It's just getting the stories of these people out there and not letting them be forgotten, and you know, really standing up and doing the right thing. I, I'm just. I mean, I don't know why we were picked, but. I'm just grateful we were. Yep, you got that right. And besides, I get to hang out with like my crazy co-host here, Scott. You know. <laughs> yes. That's funny. Uh, that is funny. Um, so we have a great guest on tonight, you guys. Yes, awesome um, guest. You know, a, a father that has gone above and beyond to make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else's child. Yep. So, I mean, that shows me that, you know, he's he's another crusader. And I just think that, you know, what a strong individual to have to not only fight for his daughter's rights, but for so many other people's rights, and to put it in front of Congress and fight to get it to D.C. And all of that, all of that time and effort and knocking on doors and things like that that it literally takes to get something to into the hands of D.C. where they actually take it to Congress is 
astronomically amazing because it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of patience. And I, for one, think that this man has gone way above and beyond. Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, um, everybody should like One Innocent Life on Facebook. Like that page. Um, and also, he does have a website. You just need to get on One Innocent Life up innocentlife.com and uh, and look at the website. It has a lot of information, a lot of information on it. It tells a story about his daughter and her two friends that were living in the apartment. Um, and it gives their, they give a lot of updates and a lot of places they've been, like local radio stations, local television stations, uh, the House of Representatives, Congress, uh, to get these laws passed because there's no way somebody should have to lose their life for this. Well, exactly. I mean, if for something for something as little as you know a smoke detector, a fire alarm. Yep. I mean, something with that inexpensive could save okay. another human being's life. And I think that a place that will not put in that is an uncontrollable landlord. And I don't think that they should be allowed to rent if they don't have them in there. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, I mean, uh, unfathomable. I mean, it's ridiculous that this had to happen. Um, It doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, I'm not a landlord, so I really can't, <laughs> you know, it, it, common sense tells you, yeah, there should have been um, smoke detectors minimum. If you're going to rent to college students or any kind of a student, the college should say, look, if you're going to rent to them, you have to have a sprinkler system at the minimum smoke detectors. Well, exactly. I mean, you're thinking smoke detectors are what? Seven bucks a piece? Yep. You know, his daughter's life could have literally been saved, literally have been saved for what? Maybe 30 bucks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and for a person actually knowing that they're going to rent to college students or even to a family for that matter, without those things is very irresponsible. It is showing no concern for any other human life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just couldn't even imagine. It's uh it's disheartening to say the least. I mean, I can't even imagine thirty dollars it's you know, it's it's mind boggling. Yes, it is. Mm. It is. I mean, I don't. I don't get it. Um, and apparently, I thought the laws are stronger for Connecticut, but apparently they aren't. Um, so, and that's why he's out there. He's trying to get the laws up to where they should be. Well, I know here you have to have before you rent a place. Yeah. You have to have that in. You have to have it inspected. Yes. 
Um, you cannot legally rent out any location without having it inspected. Um, those are just our laws where where I live. Okay. Um, and it's, well, I think it's actually city code. I don't think it's a law. I think it's city code. Um, okay. But you can't rent a place out here without having it inspected. Yep. So, I mean, just to see that, you know, if they would have had those same city codes in place where his daughter was, you know, he would still have his daughter today. Absolutely. And, you know, the college should have stepped up. If the college is going to be responsible for these young, for these young people's education and safety when they're on college grounds, then they should, if they're going to rent a place off a of campus, then they should, if they are a student at that college, they should hold some liability for where those students are housed. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, it's common sense, okay? Now, if I was running a college and I had off-campus college students living off-campus, I would make sure that every house that is, because you're, you're, you're representing the school when you rent these places. So, um, you know, why not? I mean, I would make sure, one, not only the town inspects it once a year, but the school has the opportunity to inspect it every six months. And if they don't have sprinkler systems and fire systems or smoke detectors, then no, you're not going to be part of our system. Because if the school has fire systems and uh, uh, smoke detectors and everything else, why don't the off-campus housing have it? You know, and that's how it should be. I mean, I know it's costly. It's extremely costly. But you're making good money renting these places to the students to live. Um, so why not use some of that money that you're making and put it into that? Well, and the college should say, you know, because they they can direct the students on which locations are safe and which aren't safe. And they should turn around and tell the homeowners, if you want to rent to our college students, because so many houses near college will buy that property, especially to rent for the college students. Oh, yeah. So if the college goes to them and says, look, we're not going to allow any of our college students to be in your property if you do not have this, this, and this. Absolutely. I mean, why can't they do that? They can regulate everything else that those students do. If a student goes out and drinks and drives and gets in an accident, they will be kicked off school, period. If a student has, you know, their grades are dropping, they will be kicked out of school, correct? All these things that the, that the faculty holds in their hands when it comes to these, to these young men and women, they have that much power why can't they give some of that power and make sure that these students are safe? It is not only their responsibility to make sure they're safe in school, it's their responsibility to make sure they're safe while they go to that school. Absolutely. Without a doubt. That they, it shouldn't be something, it should be a requirement. That's what it is. Excuse me, I agree. 
I absolutely agree. It's 100% should. I mean, I can't imagine. And, you know, I'm wondering how much statistically that this has happened before. I mean, this can't be the only isolated incident. No, it's not the only isolated incident. And I'm sure that Jeff, when he comes on, will um, will let us know which uh, how many more incidences there are. Because I'll make sure I ask. Well, of course. And I, you know, I just... It just baffles me how, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in it takes a village to raise a child. Um, yep. Always have been a firm believer in that. You know, I think, I think that when it comes to our, our future, which is our younger people in this society, that it takes yep. a village to raise them. In order to have a better future, we need to make sure that our young society that is going to be our next leaders are safe, they're secure, they're well-educated. This does not just fall on the parents, but it, be, it falls on the whole village. It falls on every one of us. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It's, the laws are way too lax. Way too lax. And it is cost and lives. Yep. It's amazing. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with our guest, Jeff Gluck, from One Innocent Life. So anyway, um, going all right? I think we're doing well. Yeah, we are. And Jill will probably criticize us, so you know what? She doesn't like it. Find a new job. <laughs> I think Jill would say we did well. <laughs> that is funny. Thank you. She said we sounded good. Now she's uh, playing that good job. Thank you, Jill. But, yeah, hey, if I mute real quick, there, it's because dogs are barking because Michael's home. Oh, that's fine. And okay. um, if we say something that we that when we're on break, and I forgot to mention this to Jill, too, when we're on, that you feel is necessary to go into the show, it's easy enough to cut it and put it in there, okay? okay. So we can do that, too, okay? Okay, awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually, this is just such a sad story. It is. It definitely is. And uh, it definitely is. And um, what we might do for him is get another guest on because he's only going to be like a half an hour, and then by the time I cut it up, it's going to be like maybe an hour-long episode. So we'll, we'll, later on this weekend, we'll just do another one and you can get the two hours. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, and I'll include that, so. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, 
we need to definitely make sure that we ask him, you know, is there a petition people can sign? Where can they yep. go to sign that petition? Um, things like that. Okay. Um, I'm looking on his website, and his website is Get Involved, Wear It, Donate It. All right, he's sponsored by Bridgeport Fire, Westport. He's supported by, I don't know if he's sponsored, he's supported by Bridgeport Fire Department, Westport Fire Department, and Hamden Fire Department. Um, I, I have to hook him up with the ones up here, which really I'll isn't an issue. I'll hook him up with the one down here, too. Okay. Um, yeah, because that would be awesome if he can bring this campaign nationwide. Um, new sprinkler law goes in effect in Connecticut in October. Um, let's see here. In January, father spends a message about fire safety after daughter's death. Um, WPKN uh, uh, for the people interview with Jeff block so I mean this one he's never he's probably only gotten maybe I want to say maybe mm, 399 one and 99.9 he's probably got a hundred thousand listeners to the one time he was on there okay oh. so he's never we need to pull a phone number when we're done on a case of ours, okay? Okay. I just got the I just got the I'm sorry before I forget. Okay, what case? Uh our little Mr. Potts. She's oh, been okay. getting Yeah, she's been getting calls all hour of the night and day. She needs to give me that number. Okay. Yeah, I have it. I have it. I'm going to send it to you right after this. And she believes it to be coming from where Nick and Allie live now. Okay. So we need to do a search on this number. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to send that to you after the show. Sorry, I just got the, I just got the message in. No, that's fine. No, that's definitely fine. Um, yeah, because these two turds are going to end up being missing. They're going to wake up and find themselves missing soon. Well, you know, the, the, what they're, oh, God bless her. I, I, what? Uh, this poor woman, my heart just breaks. I mean, it uh, literally, there's days, God, I'll just find myself almost in tears over this. I know. When it you talk to her? Kills me. Oh, I know. When you talk to her, tell her I need her phone records. Okay. And I'm not doing it for a reason, because I want to to um to see something on it, okay? Because okay. I want as far back as she can go. Okay, you got it. Not a problem. And um I'm not gonna call anybody on her phone list. No, I'm just looking for a particular number. And what she can do is highlight the number she's not familiar with. Which will probably be the numbers without a name on them. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing of it is, is all of a sudden now that she has other people on the case, all of a sudden she starts getting yep. random night calls again. 
Yeah, well, you know what? Um, me and Mike don't have a problem taking a trip out there. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need for it at all. None. And uh, it's just... It's a sad thing, okay? With everything else, you lost your child. Now you have to worry about people harassing and and bothering you. And to her opinion, it's a police cover-up, which we, we know it is, but I'm not going to say it is until we actually, until there's actually cuffs put on those police officers. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it is. But in the other hand, um, now she has to worry. She not only has to worry about her son being murdered, okay, what well, could be a cover-up, okay? Now she has to worry about people harassing her and threatening her, okay? And as to, well, because now she's thinking, well, it's a cover-up. The police aren't going to help me. So now she has to fend for herself. Oh, exactly. Which is ridiculous. That's exactly what it is. It is ridiculous. This is a family that, I mean, they've been thrown through the ringer already. Yep. I mean, this just, I, I get so angry with this stuff. I can't and even tell you how angry it makes me. Absolutely. And there's no need for it. I mean, it's... Absolutely not. <sighs> um, it's ridiculous, okay? It is, and uh, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. I have not seen Then again, I've been lucky enough to grow up in, in an area where the police aren't really corrupt. Uh, there are some departments that are, yeah. but I mean, not as blatant as this fucking place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the police out here aren't corrupt at all, and that's what I like about them. But we also don't have a big enough department to be corrupt. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, our, our like I said, the, the citizens run this city. You know? Yeah. It, it's not... Yeah, our citizens very much so run this city. And that's what I like about it, is it's a small enough city to where, you know, we can govern the government here. Absolutely. And I think that that's a plus when you have these these individuals that, for whatever reason, do not wish to do their job anymore. Yep. You know... To the point of it's going to actually destroy a family. It, that's when they need to just get out of it. They need to just go. It's it's amazing. It is. Um, it is it is amazing. It's a sad thing. I mean, we need tougher laws on the police. Actually. Yeah, but we need laws that are fair on the police, not that um, our president and everybody else are using it as an excuse to do whatever the hell they want to do. 
Well, exactly. No, I agree because there are, I mean, unfortunately, the police, so many times, even if they want to do something, their hands are tied. Exactly. And how many times has, um, have they, uh, um, have they used, um, uh, for instance, the Rodney King video, okay? They used five seconds of that video, okay? They didn't show what happened in the beginning. They didn't show the 25 officers, okay? This guy going after him on PCP. They didn't show him in the squad car with his hands handcuffed and um, him kicking the door and the door get slammed open and broke on the police car, okay? They didn't show you a lot of it, okay? And it's a shame that it has to... that it has to... um, that they only show you what they want to show you. Yeah, well, then, look at the riots. Look at the riots in Missouri. I mean, when those okay. riots broke out, the police were told, do not engage, do not engage, do not engage. Well, the whole time well, that they're told not to engage, they're literally having beer bottles thrown at them, getting injured, being hit. They have the right to defend themselves. Yep. I mean, and all they show was the retaliation of the police. Well, you know what? They wouldn't have gotten to that point if the individuals weren't throwing bottles at their heads. And I mean, they're only human. They have a right to defend themselves. They don't have to stand there and be, you know, killed because they're in uniform. That's just insane. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and the report came down that it came from the Justice Department to stop. Do not proceed. Do not go forward. And that district attorney, I don't know why she wasn't, um, how she even got into office, she's an idiot, okay? One, did you see her on Judge Judy? No, I did not. I'll send you the thing on Judge Judy. She tried to sue somebody for, says they broke into her apartment and had a party. Judge Judy goes, they broke into your apartment and they had a party. Well, who did? Well, he did. And she calls him up and I didn't see the episode, but I saw part of it. And he goes, she asked him, how'd you break it? She gave me the key. She told us to start the party without her. And how does somebody like that get into office? I don't know. Um, it baffles me. It really does baffle me. Yeah, I know. It's it, you know? it's I I don't get it. I mean, it's I I don't get it. So you know, um, how the how the hell are you gonna? Um, going to um, say stop when you got people's lives in danger. Not only the police officers, but everybody that was around them. And why wasn't that mayor or first select woman or whoever it was, why wasn't she taking, taking 
and um, um, taking out of of commission at that point because that would have been my first first move as governor to take her the hell out of there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then take the, then take the race baiting district attorney out of there. Okay, how the hell are you going to go on national TV and saying without an investigation started, saying I'm going to arrest, I'm going to make sure these officers pay? You don't even know the whole fucking story. Exactly. Well, not only that, but they don't care about the story. Exactly. They want what they want and how they see it, and unfortunately, that's not the way the law runs. Absolutely. You know, you have to have a thing called evidence. Yeah. Evidence. Apparently, they don't think they do. Apparently, they think they're above everything else. Um, it's it's amazing. Wow. Um, it it is amazing. I mean, and my buddy Sheriff Clark out of Milwaukee or uh, Wisconsin, he's a sheriff over there, black guy, and he's he's always on Obama's and Sharpton. And why isn't Sharpton in jail? He's a tax evading. Um, yeah, that too. Because Obama can pardon him from any of that shit. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. He needs I mean, to go, and I hope Trump um, fucking, uh, I hope Trump uh, gets his ass arrested. That's his first thing he should do, besides the, the <laughs> wall of Trump. <laughs> uh, you, have to, you have to admit, Trump's pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we need somebody like that in this country because we need a businessman to run this corporation. Oh, absolutely. You know, and who better... Who better to turn around than him? You know, Trump has a real good shot at this. Oh, yeah. I hope he gets it. Oh, I do, too. I know. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. My husband's home. Huh? Hang on. Sorry. Yeah, that's for damn sure. She should be. Hello? Yeah, hang on. My husband's home. He can cut this out, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about okay. it. I can't believe me. I can cut it out. Okay, yeah, they're going to bark for a minute because their dad's home. That's fine. I um, really apologize about that shit. No big deal. It's like 10 after right now. So if he yeah. doesn't come on in about five minutes, then we'll just cut it short, and then we'll uh, I can use this as fill-in. And then next time he decides, whenever he's available, um, to come back on, that's fine. Okay, that sounds fine. It, it's a good thing I used because we still have last week's show I can cut down and give to them, so I'll be giving them that uh, tomorrow morning. Huh? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to cut the list of that up tonight, and I'll be able to send that to him tomorrow. Um, 
tomorrow around noon. So you will have um, victims of homicide. We'll have her on Sunday show. And then basically, if I need to, if we don't get one done next week, then I can reround episode two. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That's not a problem. Yeah, and by this time, 10 years from now, we'll have five shows. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, I was going to ask you, I mean, because you're going to cut all this out, right? Yeah. Okay, do you think Judy thinks she's going to go on there and set me up? That's what she thinks, okay? And I didn't have a chance to tell him, but he said he will call me this weekend, okay? Um, he he has that same feeling, and he will not he will not allow that. And Doctor Phil will not allow that, and I will not allow that because it's going to be some. Remember, there's a lot a lot more a, a not a long way to go, but there's a lot more to do in order to get the show on. He still has to pitch it. Doctor Phil says yes. Then he comes back to us and say, "Look here, we're taping. We're taping on this day." Then we say, yeah, but this is the only way we're going to do it. Um, he, and then we tell him our concerns. And then um, at that point, he'll say, okay, well, then um, I'll make sure that doesn't happen. And believe me, they don't run the show. The producers run the show. And I don't know how many times I have to tell Judy this or, or whoever it is this. Yeah. They do not call the shots. Dr. Phil calls the shots. Thank you. She thinks she's almighty powerful, and what she says goes, I got a a rude awakening coming for her. Because Marcel asked me, uh, he goes, if I need anything else, I don't have a problem calling you. I said, no, don't have a problem. I I said, I have enough on her and him. He says, Judy? I said, yeah. He goes, good, because I'll need that too. Oh, absolutely. I said, Judy's a rest yeah. record and stuff. <laughs> it's just, it, it's just, yeah, they're, both of them are a done deal after the show, whether they believe it or not, okay? Yeah. Uh, because I can get witness statements from everybody from New Hampshire, um, Massachusetts, um, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, um, New York, all 50 states, I can get at least one statement from one group out of all those states, and there's many more, um, to show to Dr. Phil about these two. And if you Google her name and his name, you know what comes up, a whole bunch of other shit. Oh, yeah. You know, and she's as bad as he is. And, you know, I thought for sure, and Father Joe thought for sure, Padre Joseph thought for sure, is if we bring her on board with us to a certain extent, maybe we can keep her under control. Maybe we can fix her problem. But the problem yeah, was too big for me to fix. Okay. Yeah. You you it can't fix it, You're right, you can't. And, you know, there was a time when when I did want to fix it, but you know what? All bets are off. 
she went and basically turned and basically said that we all were lying. Everybody, Rick Rowe, Wesley, um, Fox, you, me, we're all freaking lying. All freaking lying. Oh, yeah. With that one show she did, it sunk her reputation. Okay? And and her reputation was coming back to a certain extent. But once that was all bets were off, I, I was fucking done. I was done. Because not only did I get my contacts involved in the federal government, okay, you're going to sit there and, and, and basically spit on my face and um, say we're all lying. Okay? Oh, yeah. I, I don't play that way. Sorry. No. Just, it's just frustrating. It seemed like it sat us back. But um, it obviously didn't because Dr. Phil still wants us on, and he reached out to Evan. And Evan, how stupid can you be? <laughs> and exactly. Not- well, he asked me, like Dr. Phil asked me today. He goes, "Can you do a Can you do a one minute video saying, look, this is what's going on? Can you please help me?'" Yeah. So I was like, okay. I said we have no one else to turn. I felt like I, I felt like I was in the Wizard of Oz. I said, Doctor Phil, you're my only hope. You're my only hope. Help! You're my only hope. And she doesn't want to do a video. No, she doesn't, which is freaking stupid. One. Well, I think the reason she doesn't want to do it is because I did tell her, look, there's a casting call for the sea hag in Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, I'm not talking about you. Everything's not about you. (laughs) Um... No, I was talking about Judy, the sea hag. She does. She looks like a sea hag. Hang on. Let me see if I can pull that up, and I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, she was like, I don't have any makeup. Okay, what kind of woman doesn't own makeup? Uh, apparently her. The sea hag doesn't. I don't want the I mean, witch. She doesn't own makeup. Uh... I'd say she looks like olive oil, but I like olive oil. Um, hang on, I'm trying to find it. Um, oh, there it is. All right. Uh, are you gonna have to show Mike this too? Okay. But um, I'm gonna. All right, and now I got to get a picture of her. Oh God, I can't stand this. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna call in. 
I don't think so either. I will just reschedule with him. Okay. Yeah, I'll just reschedule with him, which isn't an issue. Uh, he is busy. He works. I guess he worked late tonight, which isn't an issue. All right. Now, I put a picture side by side, okay? You're going to see it looks identical to her from the nose and everything else. Okay, let me see. Got it. Okay. Waiting for it to pull up. All right. Battery's dying. Damn it. Yeah, I know. Oh, there you go. I mean, does it, is it me or really look like an old drunk? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could tell she was an alcohol problem. You could tell that. And I did say that she needed help, professional help. Uh, hang on. And she goes... Yes, Connie on board with us for this. She's fucking idiot. Uh, what is uh, She's just rambling on and on and on. What do you mean, is Connie on board with us? Uh, something she said. Uh, it's not even worth it. Um, no, I'm curious, though. Hang on. Now I've got to get back, and I can't. Hang on. I'm sorry I turned on you for help, but if we need to, we can bring Connie on board to help us out. Like, I really want Connie, and that was all that was said about her. So I said she just rambled on about nothing. Um, um, all right. So, dumbass says, why did you call... She's saying this to Oregon. Why did you call Antonio Police tell him Scott was a child molester? They said it was you, and now he is losing everything. I thought we had everything straightened out. Oregon, I didn't do that. I've been busy all day. LOL. Quit believing their lies. I have no worries with Scott. Oh, really? Okay. Bullshit. If Scott comes at me, I've been on a conference call since about 8.40 this morning. Evan, or Oregon, this is exactly why I won't ever give my number out. I trust no one. You should do the same, cutie. It's just, uh, you know, and it just goes on and on and on, and then I get the voicemails that says, you call me now in a drunken rage? Um... I don't think I won't show that to Dr. Phil when I'm out there. 
She brings up. She says, I, "I I can't stand. Don't bring up Evan's name anymore." And I don't bring up his name, and she talks about him. Ah. All right. So she writes this thing. If Jody Fox sends you a friend request, she is a good person, so you can accept it. She also has an exorcism case down at Franklin, PA. She has to do. And I do think she knows, and I don't think she knows what to do. But people left the house and they're staying at a hotel. Now, it's a problem with her. She was on one exorcism. Okay? She didn't even know what the fuck to do. Okay? And now she thinks she's a professional. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's no by far a professional. I'm no by far a professional. I act professional, but I'm not a professional. I never... I do exorcisms, yeah. I never claim to be an exorcist, but I do exorcisms or deliverances, whatever you want to call it. And and you can classify me because of the experience in the field into that same classification as an exorcist but I'm not an exorcist. She doesn't understand that. She's been on one, and she thinks she knows everything. God. And, and she, she tore apart Father Padre because he wouldn't give her information. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, let's cut this, and uh, I'll find out what his, his deal is, and uh, I'll just reschedule him. No big deal. All right. Okay, you got it. All right, so um, I will talk to you in a little bit. Oh, now that is cool. Okay, I'll talk to you in a few. All right, thanks. Okay, bye. Hang on. 